Hello, I'm Eddie French, and you might recognise me from such icy news noises as... <coughs> Daddy! And who could forget... <coughs> well, the good news is, is that I now have my own podcast. It's called Pick Scraped, and it is a fortnightly sketch show uh, made entirely by me. So if that sounds like the sort of thing you'd like, go to wherever you get your podcasts and listen to it. Thank you. Pick Scraped. You're listening to IC News, the only network bringing you the stories from across the multiverse. In the wake of the Sue Gray report, the Prime Minister is hit with a wave of resignations and letters of no confidence, and now feels a lot like the NHS, being slowly bled to death by way of a thousand cuts. China comes out in support of Russia's opposition to the expansion of the NATO alliance, and the UK regulator raises the energy price cap by a staggering 54%, as Brits up and down the country worry about heating their homes through the coming nuclear winter. Michael Gove unveils his white paper for levelling up the country. He says the plans must not betray and fail new Tory voters, as that is currently the Prime Minister's job, and he's doing it very well. And finally, Nadine Dorries Gurns slurs her words and sways from side to side in a series of interviews defending the Prime Minister, after accidentally picking up the briefcase full of booze on her way from number 10, rather than her pat lunch. Hello and welcome. I'm Sam Gore, and you're listening to another episode of IC News, the only topical news podcast that refuses to resign despite an overwhelming lack of public support. We get it, and we'll fix it, by frantically trying to spin the disgusted resignations of our most senior staffers as the reforms you all wanted in the first place. If you can smell burning, it's probably just you having a stroke, because we absolutely assure you that we are focused on your priorities, and the entire operation definitely isn't burning catastrophically to the ground behind us. It seems like a lifetime ago now, but Monday saw the Japanese porn version of the Sue Gray report come out, heavily censored and featuring none of that satisfyingly sticky end we were all hoping for for the Prime Minister. Without going into any detail whatsoever due to the limitations placed on her by the Metropolitan Police, Gray still somehow managed to be utterly scathing of the leadership and culture at number 10. Boris Johnson, however, has shown himself to be utterly unrepentant, barely apologising in the House of Commons as he promised change, before pivoting to attack Keir Starmer for his non-existent role in the failure to prosecute Jimmy Savile. This was a Prime Minister showing his true colours as a petulant bully, with nothing to offer but lies and vicious obfuscation when embarrassed by his own failures and backed into a corner. It did nothing to appease his long-term policy chief, Manira Mirza, who later quit in disgust at Johnson's comments. But it did get the drinking culture secretary, Nadine Dorry, so excited that she instantly hit the minibar. Britain is now a country governed by a Conservative Party utterly paralysed by its own internal strife, led by a man who has clearly lied to Parliament on several occasions, who is now simply refusing to follow the ministerial code that demands his resignation. There were no parties and no rules were broken are not inadvertent misleadings of the legislature when your own taxpayer-funded photographer is asked to take pictures of you drinking beer at an obvious party where laws were clearly broken. 
Unfortunately, our parliamentary rules mean that the only person capable of truly holding the Prime Minister to account for such obvious untruths are either his own party or the Prime Minister himself. And clearly, Boris Johnson thinks the rules simply don't apply to him, and he should be damn well allowed to get a boozy lap dance from a stripper at your nana's funeral if he wants to, because he works so hard and deserves thanking. As Tory politicians pretend to wrestle with their non-existent consciences behind the scenes, when what they're really doing is attempting to calculate whether or not Boris Johnson remains a certified vote winner for the party, what's clear is that the wheels are rapidly coming off at number 10 itself. The embarrassing leaks are clearly not going to end any time soon for Boris Johnson. Here at IC News, we're going to continue that long tradition with our exclusive secret recording from a Johnson insider following his return to Downing Street on Monday night. Uh, Prime Minister, before you go into this meeting, I think there's a couple of things that you should probably know. Uh, It's been a tense couple of days and things are a little fraught among the staff here at number 10. Oh, for goodness sake. For an advisor, you really do worry too much. These people bloody love me. You'll see, I'm the fun time guy. Uh, Well, yes, Prime Minister, but I think we ought to be striking a rather different tone now, don't you? The Met have bought you some time, but a little contrition wouldn't go amiss. Hey, hello, you bunch of nobbins. The big dog's in the house. Or we could do that. Right, fucking gather round, lads. Come on, huddle in. I've got a lot to say. Hurrah! You heard the big dog, lads. He said we're gathering. No, not like that. All of you, be sensible, please. This is a very important work meeting. Hey! He says it's a work event. Stop! Stop it! Settle down, all of you. I'm being deadly serious. You simply must listen and put down the drinks immediately. Oh, you heard him, lads. Down the drinks. You know what? I think this might take a little bit longer than we planned. What's the diary like for the rest of the day? You have an urgent phone call with the Russian ambassador in 20 minutes, Prime Minister. You know, the one that's hopefully going to prevent a global military conflict. Right, right. Cancel that, will you? Priorities and all that. You know how these things are. Prime Minister, I thought your whole argument for refusing all accountability and moving on from this unpleasantness was that the government has to focus on the big global issues at hand. Friends, please lend me your ears, will you? No, no, I said ears, not beers. Now that you're all appropriately refreshed, we really do need to talk. First of all, it goes without saying that you all have my deepest gratitude for all your hard work throughout the pandemic. I want to thank each and every one of you. (laughs) He's thanking us again! But I must warn you, the party simply must stop. Right here and right now. I'm sure you've all seen the update from Sue Gray, and what's clear is that shots have been fired across the very nose of this government. (laughs) You heard him, he said shots! Not those kind of shots. We're in trouble here, gentlemen, and I, for one, am very sorry that some people feel that they have been let down, and what's more, I am very sorry for the failures of leadership that you have all made. What's the bloke at the front who's clearly in charge of everything saying? He's saying there have been failures of leadership. 
Well, if, if he says it, it must be true. He's in charge. Here at number 10, we're a team, and teams hold each other accountable. Each and every one of you bears responsibility for failing to hold yourselves to the high standards I expect of you. It's not our fault we aren't high enough. Gove's the one that normally sorts the dealer. We have to make serious changes right now, and more importantly, we have to be seen to be making serious changes. Fucking hell, are you redecorating again? Gentlemen, please. I'm very sorry to have to tell you this, but as you all know, 12 gatherings are now under investigation by the Metropolitan Police. I think we can all agree that this is a very serious state of affairs and there is only one course of action we must take. Wait six months for the Met to actually do anything and hope by then that the British public have forgotten? Yes, yes, we're definitely doing that, but we also need to get a grip on party discipline. Why, he said party! You heard the man, get another suitcase! No, stop! Bloody hell! It's like you lot have no idea how to behave! Well, I can't think where they got that from, Prime Minister. Look, lads, you really have to learn there is a time and a place for all this boozing and tomfoolery. And that place is not at work. We are facing a criminal investigation and potential fixed penalty notices. I can't begin to tell you how embarrassing this all is for me. A man who absolutely, definitely had no idea any of this was going on. Isn't he the bloke that did the keg stand in the garden when Captain Tom got to number one? I can't remember. I was hammered that day. I'm here today to tell you all that I get it and I will fix it which is why you're all fired and have to sign an NDA immediately. And anyone who disagrees is a dirty little nonce enabler who failed to prosecute Jimmy Savile. Well, hey, he said we're all... Uh, uh, hang on, what? You heard me. Please clear your desk immediately, by which I mean make sure all the tinnies go into the brown bin and then fuck the hell off. From now on, only Nadine is allowed to be hammered at work. That's it. Sod off. Bye-bye now. Thanks for nothing, you shits. Prime Minister, we didn't discuss this. This is extraordinary. Don't you think this might be a mistake? You've just created several dozen disgruntled ex-employees, all of whom have been privy to all your secrets and may have an axe to grind. I don't think I see your point. Why would that ever be a problem? Good grief. You really don't learn, do you? Learn? Me? Christ, no. That's not what they teach you at Eton. Now bugger off to the one-stop and pick me up a suitcase of bubbly, will you? I've got a levelling-up agenda I need to scribble on the back of a fag packet. Yes, Prime Minister. Oh, and one more thing. You're fired too. Right after you get back, that is. As much as the Prime Minister would like to insist that his government are focused on getting on with the job, the paralysis at number 10 is having a clear knock-on effect on his wider policy agenda. Amid bubbling tensions in Ukraine, Johnson was forced to cancel a call with Russian President Vladimir Putin in order to address the Sugre report in the Commons, in a move which doesn't exactly cement the UK's position as a credible player on the global stage. The Russians have pretty much laughed off Britain's attempts to inject itself into the crisis, including the Foreign Secretary's announcement of plans for sweeping new sanctions that would target Putin's allies should Russia push to invade Ukraine. Here at IC News, we feel it's important to hear every side of a key global story, which is why we turn now to our Russian correspondent to explain Moscow's response to Britain's diplomatic position. 
Hello there, great British and Western friends, listening today on IC News Network. It is I, Alexander Notabot, celebrated international journalist and definitely not hitman and agent of Russian security services. Things are, how you say, bit tense at the moment, no? Well, it doesn't need to be this way. I am here today to reach out hand of Russian friendship and assure you all there is nothing to worry about. All of this Ukraine drama is just little squabble between friends, or as you English say, storm in a teacup. Which, funnily enough, was codename of Operation last time I was in London. <laughs> if you know, you know. I speak to you today in interests of impartiality due to heavy bias of Western media. Every journalist in your country wants you to worry about scary new war in Europe. But this is not reasonable representation of facts on ground. Russia doesn't want war in Europe at all. In fact, Russia wants nothing to do with Europe. It just wants Russia to be slightly larger by measurement of about one Ukraine. Haha, <laughs> little joke for you there. I wish I could see your faces. Anxious little European friends jumping at shadows. Quiet back there! Sorry about that, Western friends. Kids and I are on road trip to Peppa Pig World. We have heard great things, and my youngest is, how do you say, noisy little shitbag. Where was I? Ah, yes, big war panic. Threat of invasion is nowhere near as hysterical press would have you believe. All great leader Vladimir Putin wants is respect on world stage, and less of NATO alliance breathing down Russian neck. Is it too much to ask that the Russian not be insulted by Western threats? Can we not avoid embarrassing spectacle of your politicians trying so hard to do big dinky waving? I mean, Christ, this week you sent Boris Johnson to Ukraine to try and frighten us. No offense, guys, but Fat Party Clown Act hasn't been scary since John Wayne Gacy. Such silly antics are not helping, you know. Back in the motherland, we know you Brits have new foreign secretary, strange smiling pork markets lady, whose big grin is frozen on face like a vat of a corpse in Russian winter. And we understand when old guy in job falls out of window and lands on seven bullets, you must work hard to appear strong and loyal to leader. But this least trust lady is very wrong to suggest big news sanctions to slap on Russian businesses in event of war. Oh no, Britain, please, don't threaten Russian allies of Putin, but at the same time, yet again, do absolutely nothing to address money laundering through London property market. How will big sad oligarchs ever hide assets now? <coughs> Not now, Dima, you hush mouth. Play on Pokemon and settle down like good boy. <laughs> Honestly, kids today, so demanding. But I have digressed and must focus once again on this war you in Britain are so fretty betty about. It's very hysterical of you to wag finger at Russia and lecture us about Ukrainian sovereignty. You want to criticize Putin? When your own tin pot autocrat is happy to destabilize entire nation just to feed own ego and remain in power? We take your tellings off with big pinch of salt. I tell you for nothing. Ah, it appears we are here, Western friends. And now I must go. Dima and I have arrived at Peppa Pig World. 
and are very much looking forward to seeing what all the fuss is about. Try not to worry your little western heads about all this war nonsense, and remember, if you do kick off with us, those gas prices are not going to get any easier. For now though, take care and bye-byes. Watch now, right here. Come on, Dima. Time to meet the piggies. And there you go. Ah, I love the countryside. Maybe I will open farm on my new land in Ukraine. For now though, I'm Alexander Notobot, journalist and definitely not hitman for FSB, reporting for IC News. Does the piggies eat up? <laughs> The crisis in Ukraine is one of several global factors currently pushing the wholesale price of gas up to astronomical levels. While shareholders in fossil fuel and energy companies have enjoyed billions of pounds of dividends since Britain's energy grid was first carved up and privatised, it's now finally time for something to trickle down to everyday consumers. And naturally, what's trickling down is the cost. This week saw the UK regulator raise the price cap to such an extent that soon every business and household in Britain will be facing a staggering price rise to its energy costs. But is there a reality where the Conservatives actually have a fair and balanced solution for the impact this will have on Britain's poorest families? Tom King has been travelling the multiverse this week to find out. Shit! Shit balls! Fuck! Fuck me! Fuck it! What the fuck? How the fuck? Why the fuck? Shit me, shit them, fuck this, fuck them, you, him, and a horsey rode in on. Just some of the colourful language that may have spilled past your lips earlier this week when the cost of living crisis suddenly escalated dramatically. Financial difficulties have worked hard to earn their promotion this season, and as a result, they'll soon be hitting the big leagues of the middle classes. That uncomfortable pinch we were all hoping would remain somebody else's problem is now coming for nearly all of us. And if you'll pardon my French, fuck me in the arse, eyes and mouth is this threatening to become I wateringly uncomfortable. The downward pressure of wholesale gas costs is once again threatening to crush the nads of just about everybody in Britain. The price cap on energy bills has just been raised by a staggering 54%, meaning that from April, the average household will find itself paying £693 more a year. Now, that's a hell of a punch to anyone's wallet, but for families who are already struggling with spiralling food costs, it threatens to be utterly crippling. There's no quick and easy solution to a global energy cost crisis, admittedly, but our illustrious Chancellor's ideas to help the poorest produced earlier this week are thin at best. And when compared to the fiscal action taken by some of our European neighbours, they're positively laughable. The total of the assistance Sunak is offering to any one household is £350. Now, I'm not the husband of a billionaire like he is, so I can't afford the niftiest of budget calculators, but by my estimate, 
That's still quite a lot less than nearly 700 bastard quid. And 200 of that 350 would be a loan anyway, presumably to be recouped from the malnourished corpses of the nation's poorest a few years down the line, when wholesale prices stabilise. If they stabilise. Which, given Europe's dependence on Russian gas and the current situation in Ukraine, seems about as likely as Rishi Sunak doing his weekly shop in Lidl. Rising costs are a global problem, but Britain is uniquely exposed to that problem, and customers here will be hit harder for a number of reasons. Disruption and extra Brexit red tape is a part of that calculation, but we're also talking about decades' worth of mismanagement of our energy grid, not least of which has been over the last 11 years of Tory rule. Poor regulation, selling off of our gas storage assets, a general failure to plan ahead for wholesale price rises and slow progress on renewable and nuclear power sources all contribute to this catastrophe. Pointing all that out is pure hindsight, of course, which we all know these particular Tories can't stand. So what if we had a way of avoiding that trap? Well, here at IC News, the multiverse means we thankfully do. Which is why I've come here to Earth Delta Tango, Jonathan Storm 36. This is an Earth where the Conservatives have properly regulated the energy market and instead of throwing out loans and council tax rebates, they're offering some genuinely means-tested solutions to directly help the nation's poorest through the latest price crisis. This processing centre is a direct result, and the Chancellor here insists that this is the purest Tory solution in the entire multiverse. Uh, Yes, thank you, Tom. What we do here is really very simple. If you're on universal credit, obviously you're going to very much struggle to absorb a £700 hit to your annual finances. We've found a uniquely conservative solution that benefits not just the nation's poorest, but more importantly, my friends who have shares in the renewable energy sector. And how does it work, Chancellor? It's quite straightforward, Tom. If you're too poor to live, we simply mulch and dehydrate you and your entire worthless family before processing your remains into blocks of waxy human biofuel, which your fellow more profitable citizens can then burn to save money on their own energy bills. It eliminates the need for universal credit, keeps costs down without impacting shareholder profits, and frees up housing for landlords to then purchase and ruthlessly exploit. It's gloriously Tory, and frankly we're amazed that more realities haven't adopted it. While we're here, what's your annual income, by the way? <laughs> well, um, that's, uh, that's all we have time for, and, and um, uh, now we have to leave immediately. Chancellor, thanks very much for your time. I'm Tom King, and I think I'll stick with putting an extra jumper on, thanks very much. Reporting for IC News. Come on, lads. Leg it. Oh, I should mention, we do only mulch your legs if you voted Brexit. Just one of the many dividends. But we can't rule out coming back for your arms when the cap rises again in October. Oh, he's, uh, he's gone. 
<laughs> Some helpful tips there from our interdimensional Tory friends on how you, too, can look after the pennies as we head into the challenges of tomorrow. That inspirational stuff marks the end of our broadcast. We'll be back the same time next week, but until then, we leave you now with the headlines you may have missed. Mike Pence says Donald Trump was wrong to suggest he had the right to overturn the 2019 election, as the former vice president appears to have finally completed his five-year quest to find his own pathetic excuse for a spine. A UK ticket holder wins £109 million on the Euros, and instantly joins the elite 1% of Brits who can afford to heat their homes next winter. A scathing report finds institutional misogyny, racism and bullying in the ranks of the Metropolitan Police, as Dame Cressida Dick proves even more difficult to remove than a climate protester superglued to the M25. And finally, Whoopi Goldberg sparks outrage and is suspended from her role as host on The View, after suggesting that the Holocaust wasn't about race, as Jimmy Carr promptly intervenes by asking her to hold his beer. You've been listening to IC News. Thank you, and goodbye. Hello again. It's me, Danny Sutcliffe. I'm here today with a right bargain for you. And no, it's not just the mystery me I've got in the back of me van. Although that is also primo stuff, so meet me behind our bins and flash your full beams if you're interested. If you haven't joined our Patreon yet, we've got a special offer for you. Sign up now as one of our early bird supporters and you can get access to all of our exclusive content for just £2 a month. If you want bonus podcast sketches, compilation episodes and ICU stories, this is the cheapest you're ever going to get them. You've got to be quick though, this deal is limited to the first 500 patrons and they'll get snapped up quick. It's the best way to show your support for the show and you'll be helping us to grow moving forwards. As always, thank you for all of your support and we hope you enjoy the show. And no, it's not badger me and if Brian May tries to tell you otherwise, he's a fucking liar. <laughs>